Welcome to the Bearded IT Dad Podcast, where technology meets career development. Join us as we talk with industry experts, get advice and insight about their expertise and real-world experience in the information technology field. Have to learn to learn on your own. The number one thing you can do to get out of the help desk or out of any entry-level position is be exceedingly good at your current position. The elephant in the room, right? Money is obviously a a certain barrier and roadblock, but I would charge and, and, and argue against that. There are so many resources out there available for free on the internet. From starting your IT journey to advancing your career, you'll get actionable tips and practical advice to help you succeed in this ever-evolving industry. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of IT. How many times do you see jobs out there on LinkedIn or Indeed? Uh, Entry-level security admin must have CISSP. Well, CISSP requires five years of experience minimum just to take it. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, man. Um, I want to teach people how to look at job descriptions and say, you know what? I have over half the requirements. I'm qualified for this job. Uh, Because a lot of times they're just wish lists. They're not actually what the requirements are for the job. So you have to teach them how to see through all the smoke and mirrors sometimes too. When you're done listening to this interview, folks, don't just sit there and say, hey, I heard a bearded guy in a ball grass. I need to change my career. No. (laughs) But have a discussion around it Put a little bit of thought into it. And, you know, if you have questions, reach out to us both. Whenever you go to interview for a new position, it can be extremely stressful. Even just applying for a new job is stressful in itself. Well, in today's video, we're going to dive into part three of this three-part series where we interview Corey Knapp, the host of the Big Bolt Azure Guy, who has over 25 years experience in the IT field. And he's going to give us tips and tricks to help ready yourself for that next interview or job application. So stay tuned because we're going to talk about that and more coming up. I hate the saying work smarter, not harder. I hate that saying, but, but it's true. I hate it too, but it's true. It's true. Cause I I, I have a previous predecessor who I used to work with. You say it all the time. I I can't stay on the guy, but name, name, name shall be left on unsaid. But in some ways, you're going to work hard no matter what. But I would rather work my day job and I have control of my own destiny by scaling up to get that next promotion or that next job. Because we all know, I think the average lifespan of a IT guy is two to two and a half years nowadays for a career. As far, and before you have to get your next job. And that's about what I've been running. I'm, I'm always looking for that next role that I can say, I'm going to retire at this company doesn't happen anymore. I mean, my father spent 30 years in the same company and now he's been with, I think, six companies in the past 10 years and he's getting ready to retire here in about a year. But me, I think I've been with, uh, I was an independent contractor for 17 years, had my own company doing that, but I ran from gig to gig to gig. Who does that? I mean, no one lasts anywhere 10 years nowadays. And if they do, they're with the government and they're stagnant. So we have to run with the opportunities we have. Absolutely. It is extremely rare to be on a, with one company for five plus years nowadays. Um, and some people get lucky. Like I can see myself with my company for several sure. years. Um, but you know what? We are with, I, we are backed by the government. Um, I get certain things like government retirement and stuff like that. And 
I'm, I'm, I make a great salary. I'm not rich. Um, I don't have, you know, I probably could make more doing exactly what I want with someone else, but there's also other factors you got to think of like health insurance Always. and retirement. I've and got like two that, teenagers and I know you're, I know exactly what you're talking about. Training benefits, yeah. retirement benefits, healthcare benefits. You have to look at all that when you're looking at interviewing for a job. You could be making a hundred grand at one job, but paying a hundred percent of your benefits. Or you can make 90000 on another job, and they're going to pay three-quarters of your benefits. So you think about it. The math-wise, technically, you're making one hundred at one and paying all your benefits. So you really, you're only making eighty grand a year. Or if they're paying all your benefits at ninety, you you're actually better off taking that job because it's – and they're going to contribute to your 401k, so possibly. So to me, what's the short and long-term benefits you have to think of? And that's what I'm trying to teach people. They don't understand – cloud's just the first step. I could teach somebody to go out and get a job in sales, just learning how to do interviews how to do career progression. I don't care if you're in the cloud. I don't care if you're, if you're driving a bulldozer. You have to learn how to look out for yourself and your family, number one. I don't think that's being selfish. I think that's being proactive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tell people this because, you know, people come to me and like, well, the job only pays this and I don't know if I really want that. And I say, well, have you looked into the benefits? Because my job, mm -hmm. when I tell people what I make as a director of network operations, they're like, oh, you can make so much more. I'm like, yeah, but my... Health insurance is 100% company yep. paid. My company 100% funds my 401k without any of my contribution. They fund 10% of my annual salary and I don't pay a penny into really? it, which is amazing. That's unheard of. Yeah. And then they also, there's training reimbursement. There's, there's so many other perks I can even go into. I make well over a hundred, hundred grand a year. If you count all that stuff in, sure. I make way more than your average person. And it's a great small organization. I don't have to work with big wigs and stuff like that. I really enjoy that. So um, uh, one of the questions I have for you is, you know, you've been in the field for, you said, 25 Almost, plus years yep. now. Uh, I'm sure, Yeah, I'm sure you've sat on a fair uh, bit of interviews. What are some of the biggest mistakes when you were like when you when you're interviewing something? What is the biggest mistakes you see people make during that interviewing process? Body language is key. Uh, if I'm interviewing somebody. And they're kicking back like this. If they are <laughs> leaned back too relaxed, if they've got legs crossed and they're laying all over the place, um, you need to be. You need to express confidence. You need to express that you're at ease. You don't want to look like you're half asleep. Um, I would rather somebody get. And on top of that, the number number one thing never ever do. Don't lie. Don't blow smoke up your interviewer's rear and tell me you know something when you don't. Uh, number one, I'm going to, I'm going to. Because they know. Uh, they, we, to those of us who've done interviews before, we can tell very quickly whether you know your stuff or not. But number two, if you get on the job and you don't know, you're out the door. And number three, um, this is why I have a problem. This has probably come up on your streams before. Brain dumps aggravate the bejesus out of me. Um Absolutely. I hate people. I don't hate people. I like. I don't hate anybody. But I hate <laughs> when somebody goes out and brain dumps a test. They memorize the answers. They've got zero practical knowledge. Uh, they may come in to me with an Azure Architect, an Azure DevOps, and an Azure Networking Engineer certification, which are all three very advanced level certifications, because they memorize all the answers. You come in in the door and you ask them, hey, set me up a virtual network. I want three network security groups for these kind of resources. I want two resource groups. I want it automated so that this happens, this alert group happens when this thing happens. And they look at you with this blank stare because they've never done it. Um, I yeah. would rather somebody tell they, me. A lot of times they yeah, don't. 
Oh yeah. And a lot of times I was going to say a lot of times they don't even have the, the mindset. Cause you know, you might not know how to do that. Like I have no clue on how to do what mm-hmm. you're talking about, but I know I could figure it out fairly quickly. Exactly. And that's the key. Uh, a lot of people who, who take the easy way out, don't think that way. You I can found. tell somebody who is passionate about what they do, who's trying their hardest. I would rather they get 50 or, or two thirds of the answer correct and explain their thought process to me on how they're getting to the answer. Now, maybe they get the final answer wrong, but they work through the first two thirds of the problem correctly. I can teach them the final third. That's not a big deal. But if you don't even know the basic concepts, because all you do is memorize stuff, then you're you're out the door. I mean, um, how to write a proper resume. People need how to learn to do that kind of stuff. They need to look at certain jobs. How many times do you see applica jobs out there on LinkedIn or on Indeed? Uh, entry-level security admin must have CISSP. Well, CISSP requires five years of experience minimum just to take it. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man. Um, I want to teach people how to look at job descriptions and say, you know what? I have over half the requirements. I'm qualified for this job. Um, because a lot of times they're just wish lists. They're not actually what the requirements are for the job. Um, so you have to teach them how to see through all the smoke and mirrors sometimes, too. Absolutely. And that's what I, I preach that so much. I've never applied for a job ever that I have met all the requirements, oh, not a single one. And, and it's because a lot of times, some of the, a lot of the times the people who are putting those job postings out there have no clue what it takes to do it. It's, it's a lot of times it's like an HR department or HR manager and they're going off of some copy paste template. They don't know what yep. it actually ends up taking. You know, it's very rare. Um, and you shouldn't let that discourage you. Um, I get told all the time by people looking to get into the field, man, all these jobs require so much. I got, I got to go get this certification before I can even nope. apply. No, you, you don't need to. Any certifications to land an entry-level position in this field? Absolutely not. Will it help? Will it open the doors to interviews? Absolutely. And that's what I also tell people is a lot of people think, oh, I have this certification. I'm going to be able to get a job. No problem. Nope. No certification will land you a job out there. It will open the door to an interview to give yourself the opportunity to convince them to hire you. It won't get you the job just by itself. And that's why I try to let people know. I'll tell you, if you put in the hard work, if you do the online portfolio like we're talking about, if you get a certification, if you put yourself out there, you work on your soft skills, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I can almost guarantee you'll get a job. Because you have to do all those oh, things at once. Um, it's not just taking a cert and going to apply for a job. You have to work on how to present yourself, work on your personal brand, work on your online portfolio. You've got 15 subdirectors in your GitHub and you've shown you've done DevOps, you've shown you're doing networking, you've shown you've done this. Even if it's on an entry-level scale, the interview will recognize you're putting in the hard work. And nine times out of 10, you're going to make that final round of interviews. Now, maybe it comes down to you and three of the guys and you go, okay, I didn't get it. Okay, fine, it happens. I've been turned down before. I mean, who else? Who hasn't? And it's disappointing. Yeah, but I tell everybody, even when they fail an exam, when they fail an interview, it's not a true failure. You will learn something from it. It's not a failure. And that's, it sounds cliched. It sounds, it sounds like BS, but it's not because you learn something. You look back at your interview where you're sitting back there like this and looking down, look the person in the eye, give them a firm handshake. Pre-COVID, now it's all now it's all video interviews. I mean, right. my last two roles, I have never met in person anybody I worked with. 
I've worked with them like I'm talking to you right now every day. And it's, it's, it's a different world. See, that's the other thing. It's a different world now. You can live in East Timbuktu and get a job working on Silicon Valley and never have to move. So if you think your location is right. going to stop you from getting a top-notch job with national salary rates as opposed to living somewhere like in, uh, I don't know, Western Kentucky, which has very low uh, cost of living compared to places like New York City, you can make New York City rates in any state you're at as long as you get – like I work for a company based on Irvine, California. I make Los Angeles rates, but I live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which yeah. has lower cost of living. So, And a lot of times that can help you out too. So look at it that way. So, so one question I got for you is a lot of people, when they're applying, they just kind of plaster themselves out there and just like the copy paste almost their job applications. And I, I don't think that's the right way to go. Uh, when you're applying for the, uh, you know, any position, do you have any advice for people to really kind of give themselves an, uh, an upper edge, you know, a step up in the job application process? Uh, I'm going to give some controversial advice. I have never, a lot of oh, people, a lot of people say do a cover letter. It has never, ever worked for me. Never. Um, so I'll say you don't bother. Um, which a lot of people say, oh, you need to. No, you don't. What you need to do is tailor your resume for the job opportunity. That's key. If the top three things they're looking for are an AZ 104 experience with VMware and experience with some accounting software. Make darn sure that the top three bullets in your resume are those three things. Now, obviously, don't lie. If you don't have it, don't put it on there. Um, but I, when I looked for a job last time, I said this time I didn't look, but the last time I looked for a role, um, I applied to about two dozen jobs, I think it was, and I had nine different versions of my resume. Just tweaked a little more focus on Azure for this one. Focused on training for this one. Focused on management for this one. Um, it's the exact same resume. It's just different orders. Put things in different orders. And obviously, the you ha I have mine set up so that I've got my skill. Uh, quick summarization, three sentences. I do my bullet points of my top skills that I've got, a list of my certifications, and then my job uh, descriptions that I've had. And try and keep it under two pages. I can't count the number of times I see people who have literally nine page resumes. If I did mine, I would have probably, oh I would have probably a 10 page resume because I've had so many independent gigs over the years. I like, say you've done 14 gigs as an independent contractor. Here's what I would recommend. Write one quick paragraph summarizing what you did over those 14 gigs. Okay. Windows server administration, Azure administration, design and architecture, and this list either one clients available upon request or list the names of the clients you worked for. Don't literally spell it out over four or five pages because no one's going to read it. Um, right. don't, don't string it down to one page because one page you can barely fit your skills on. I get that nowadays. But try and keep it two, three pages and tailor it exactly for what you're looking for. Uh, do your research on the companies you're applying for. Don't just paper your resume out to 500 different companies. Maybe you get into an interview process with a company, you land a job, then you realize you're miserable because the company culture is absolutely terrible. I've had that happen. Um, maybe you also get some insight on what the interview process is like by looking at places like Glassdoor, where they tell you what the interview process is like. You know, it's going to be two, three interviews. It might be four or five interviews. Also, be prepared. It could take you one interview to land a job. It could take you six over seven weeks. Uh, now, I think that's absolutely crazy. I think two, three interviews max should be that it. You have one person, HR, yeah. pre-screen you. Second person, tech screen, 
third and final person is the hiring manager. Blessing be done is what it should be. And that should be done in seven to 10 days max is what it should take. Uh, Absolutely. But I mean, it doesn't mean, like I know Microsoft for a fact can take weeks to get into. And that's fine. That's their process. It works out well for them. They have a lot of people who like like working there. You know, God bless. Um, But know what your end goal is. Uh, What I would also suggest while you're working in your career is what's your dream job? Do you want to be a security architect at Google? Find the job description for that security architect at Google and say, okay, fine. I don't like the idea of dream boards or this and this. No, I like, I like me. I've got my little, I got my little notebook. I take little notes in and I'm going to say, okay, I'm, it says here, I need to have these six skills. Then you start building yourself a custom blueprint on how you're going to obtain those six skills. A lot of these things you'll just obtain by naturally progressing through your career, soft skills, pre-sales architecture, design work. If it's certifications, guess what? You know to get your Azure architect, you need your 900 and 104 first. There's your first three tasks. Um, make a bunch of small goals and take little, take every little victory you get, man. Don't just say, I'm not happy until I get to this end goal. Now, you know what? If you do a really kick-ass presentation, and you know what? And you've had your boss writing an email saying, hey, you know what? You nailed it. Congratulations. Print out that email. Put it on your wall. You know what? Pat yourself on the back. Soothe your ego a little bit. Uh, it's funny. My wife still, if I get good emails, my wife still likes me printing them out. She puts them on the fridge. I mean, like, like a little gold star. I've been married 20, almost nice. 21 years now, and she still loves the fact that she wants to hang up all of my Azure certifications on the wall because she backs me up 100%. I back her up 100%. And that's the one thing I want to tell everybody out there. They don't always think about this. I mentioned at the beginning really quick. If you are looking for a job, if you are looking to change careers, if you're looking to study or skill up, Make sure you tell that significant other in your life, your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, fiance, partner, I don't care, your chihuahua, I don't care who it is. Make sure they know (laughs) that you're going to be taking a step back from that part of the relationship a little bit and dedicating it to study time. I mean, I recommend you put at least 10 hours in a week to, if you're really serious about it. That means two or three nights during the week after work, you're going to work, say, study an hour and a half, two hours a night. And then put four hours in over the weekend. can be three hours on Saturday, one hour on Sunday, or whatever it is. But don't just spring this on them and say, hey, see you in six months. But that's not how it works. I mean, if you've got a good relationship with the people in your life, your family, say with your parents, guys, I can't do this family dinner on this day because I'm taking a test this day or I'm getting my final preparations done to take an exam. Make sure you have a verbal agreement between people. They realize what's going to involve from you and from them, because springing this on people can really disrupt your lives. And then that adds even more uh, hassle to, to getting skilled up. You don't need the extra, uh, you don't need the extra hassle, guys. You really don't. Well, it, it, it will affect your, how successful you yeah. are in your career. Um, you know, I, I'm very lucky. My wife was very supportive of me. Um, you know, when I told her, Hey, I want to move like three hours away from our family. Uh, we had a really close relationship with, uh, her side of the family. I told her, Hey, I want to uproot us, uh, uproot our kids. We had three kids and I want to move three hours away to pursue my dream in tech. Um, she supported me 100% of the way. Um, and, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I, I would not be where I am without her support. She yep. understood the sacrifice it took. And being able to sit down and communicate that with your significant other makes a huge difference. Um, 
no, you might not have buy-in from day yeah. one. Uh, they might question your reasons, um, but don't let that deter you. Uh, if you are passionate about doing this, your significant other will back you up in the long run, but you need to have a plan to talk about it and, you know, think a couple steps ahead. Don't just say, Hey, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. I saw this YouTube video by this one guy. He, you know, he's talking, you know, one guy with a beard and another bald guy. <laughs> and and they, they finally convinced me. I, yeah, I am miserable yep. where I'm at. I'm going to change my job. Um, don't, just don't go do that, but make a plan, build a plan, exactly. do your research, know what you're getting into. Know that if you're at a decent paying job, there's a good chance you're going to take a pay cut. Um, it's really rare to, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm making 70 grand a year. I want to switch the help. Uh, I want to get Atlanta help desk position making 70 grand a year. The, the, I mean, the, there, there might be something out there. 40, but, yeah, 60 grand a year max. Exactly. Max. Um, and no, you're going to probably take a pay cut for a few years, but that's not going to be forever. You're mm-hmm. only going to do, I, I recommend two years, at least a year at the help desk, but no, if you are serious about this, you're going to be back to making and exceeding your salary in a quick time. If you have the motivation and dedication and you, you have that understanding with your significant other as well. That way you guys can plan for this. Maybe stick a few dollars away in the yep. bank before you make this career change. That, that is absolutely It can happen huge. fast too. My first IT job, I was making, I was an optician originally because I never wanted to do computers. My father was a Navy guy, did computers his entire life. I wasn't going to, I went pre-med to college. Um, cause I wasn't gonna do what he did. Sure enough. Look how that worked out. I met my wife. I was an optician. She was an ophthalmic assistant. We got engaged. I was still working in an eyeglass shop, making eyeglasses for a living. I said, you know what? I can make a better living doing it. Cause I was a geek. I was, I was the, the short little geeky kid back in the day. And now I'm six foot one and I could probably bench press somebody, but it, it, it's funny now. <laughs> she followed me to California. She followed me to Louisiana, Maryland. I mean, moved back to Jersey and she also, like, after we're done here talking, I mean, you and I are having a good time here. Afterwards, she'll sit there and give me the quick uh, the little critique. Hey, you did great. Or, you know what? You should have said this instead. She's got my back every step of the way. And it's the truth, man. I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at if it wasn't for her. Um, so she over her background going, oh, I mean, is it? It's the truth. There, it really is. I mean, so um, this is the benefit yeah. of having a desk in the great room, too. My wife can sit there and listen to everything I do. So it's kind of cool. She can kind of critique it. But she gives me great feedback, too. Um, and like you said, don't just talk when you're done listening to this interview, folks, don't just sit there and say, Hey, I heard a bearded guy in a ball guys. I need to change my career. No, (laughs) but have a discussion around it. Put a little bit of thought into it. And you know, if you have questions, reach out to us both, try you on your channel, try me on my channel. We'll definitely respond. And if you want to have some ideas around planning, we'll set up a quick call with you guys. I mean, we, you and I should do like Absolutely. a test. Actually, actually, I want to hear you on one of my class, uh, one of my classes, one of these weeks with my team because they have questions like this all the time about beginner level stuff and where do they start off or they're changing careers and how do they begin that planning about what to do when they want to change their Absolutely. career and it's just a matter of documenting everything, having a backup plan. Don't quit your job till you've got another one. Uh, how many times do you see people do that? I'm all in. I'm quitting my job. How are you going to live? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and funny thing is I raised my hand. I didn't quit my job. I actually lost oh, that's my different. job. That's different. I went without a job for about three months. Yeah, that's that's different. Long story for another day. Uh, maybe I'll some tell you what, I lost my job during, during the, uh, the dot-com bust, <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. 
18 oh, months gosh. I was out of work. Oh man. Yeah. But you know, that that's, you know, that, yeah. that's part of the thing. And you know, you, you started talking about your channel and I want to really actually talk about your channel a little bit. Um, you mentioned it at the beginning. What, what do you do with your YouTube channel? Because I think it is a great resource for anyone who's looking to go in this path, um, you know, into cloud computing and stuff like that. Let, let's talk a little bit about what you do. I, I like highlighting other resources. The biggest out the thing I'm trying to do is teach people what cloud is, what cloud careers are, and how to get into it. So I've got a couple different things that I'm doing. I have a podcast called Life in the Cloud, where I'm interviewing the gurus who are Microsoft certified trainers, Amazon trainers, uh, a couple CEOs we're going to be having on who work with cloud companies, um, a couple co-workers I know from previous jobs or even current jobs, people who spend every day in the cloud. Um, I just had Mike Pfeiffer on a few weeks back. Uh, the response was phenomenal. I've got a few other people coming up here the next couple of weeks. David Cobb, uh, my friend Andre. Uh, I've actually got feelers out to a couple of people over at AWS who I know. I'm going to try and get them on as well. And also people I've coached in the past who were police officers or truck drivers and now are DevOps engineers after nine months of study. Going completely green to IT other than being on a YouTube stream and skipping help desk going right to DevOps, making 150,000 notes. It does happen. It's rare, but it does happen. It, it, so absolutely. what I'm doing is I've got that podcast. I'm also doing every two Tuesdays or Thursdays, we're trying to figure out with the class what works best. I've got 12 students, actually now it's 11, uh, enrolled in my Big Bald Asher Guy career training sessions. And we're going through, for some of them, starting from scratch, some of them, uh, pivoting their careers from on-prem to cloud. And some just need a little extra, extra boost. Like they're already Azure architects. They want to pursue security or networking. And I'm trying to give them tips, how to create roadmaps, how to create skill paths, how they want to do this. We're doing some role-playing scenarios where I'm the pain in the butt customer. How do they deal with that? Work on those soft skills. Uh, and then finally, I'm doing a bunch of workshops. We're doing study groups, like I said, with the SC100 cybersecurity architect exam starting in about two weeks. I'm also going to be presenting a zero trust uh, workshop, a landing zone uh, workshop using infrastructure as code, ARM templates, BICEP, and Terraform. Uh, my friend David Cobb and I are actually going to start doing a, a small series. Uh, the first one we're going to be doing is uh, how to create a storage account in Azure seven different ways. So we'll give you the concepts about it the labbing, how to do it, and then uh, a GitHub site where you guys can go practice it yourself. Um, so we want to teach people, I'm not going to get involved into doing seriously hardcore lab environment work because people aren't ready for that yet. We're going to focus on entry to mid-level stuff, things you should know. How to create a storage account is very important. What are the different ways you can do it? Zero trust, you don't have to know how to implement Zero Trust, but you should know what it is. So I'm going to teach the six pillars, according to Microsoft, what Zero Trust security is. Uh, things that are just going to be good to have as a feather in your cap, that if an interviewer comes up to you and says, hey, what do you know about this? I heard that bald guy talk about it. There you go. So, um, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's the biggest thing for me is a way to give back. I'm also participating uh, in a couple of my friends from Ireland. Uh, Matthew Brown and Frank Falvey. I'm participating every two uh, every fr two Fridays on their MCT and Microsoft MVP podcast. I work with them. I'm going to be working with Mike Pfeiffer on the CloudSkills.fm podcast over the next few weeks. And like I said, I'll still be training uh, out there for everybody. Not to mention doing um, one of the big training vendors you guys all know and love. I'm going back to work for them. So uh, 
That'll be coming up with the next six months. Nice. So uh, you'll see much more of me. That, that's awesome. And, I, and you know what? I really appreciate you taking the time to go into all this depth. Yeah, obviously, other than YouTube, where else can people find you to connect with you and maybe ask you know questions or Look advice? Look me on LinkedIn, Corey Knapp, K-N-A-P-P. So it's C-O-R-E-Y-K-N-A-P-P. Uh, you'll see me on there. I've got all my courses featured on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, I am not on Facebook. I am not on Twitter. I am not on Instagram. I like to keep things professional. So I do LinkedIn all the way through. It's a really good feeling when you go from 500 followers pre-trainer to 65,000 followers post-training. Um, so I stream wow. all of my podcasts to both LinkedIn and YouTube. Everyone, I really hope that this series helped motivate you to go out and follow your dreams. Whether you're looking to break into the field or advance your career into that next level position, just go out there and start putting yourself out there and applying for positions. Remember, even if you don't meet all the qualifications, apply anyways, because nine out of 10 times, those qualifications are more of a wish list. And you never know when you might be the most qualified candidate to apply for that position. And as always, if you guys have any questions at all, make sure and put them in the comments below. I try to get back to every single one of you. I really hope you guys enjoyed this video. And until next time, take it easy. Thanks for tuning in to The Bearded IT Dad. We hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate and leave a review as it helps more people find the show. If you want more of The Bearded IT Dad, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for additional career tips and IT insights. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms for updates on new episodes and exclusive content. Until next time, keep learning.